You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Inside Purple and Gold. Welcome back to Inside Purple and Gold. Jace Frederick, Dame Mizutani, Odyssey's Vikings podcast, discussing all things purple and gold. If you want to make sure you're catching every episode now as we preview the Philadelphia game, as we cruise our way through the NFL season, um, make sure you're liking, subscribing, following to this podcast, so showing up on your favorite podcast platform, downloaded to your phone whenever new episodes come out. Dane, we saw Nathaniel Hackett pull like the opposite of the Kevin O'Connell, I think, on um, on Monday night. Losing the game in every way that a coach can lose the game, both from... We like ripped on Green Bay for running a fourth and goal from the one out of the shotgun and getting stuffed. Nathaniel Hackett liked that so much. He must have brought that from Green Bay. He must have been like, this is the, my favorite thing that we do. Um, he did it twice in the second half against Seattle Monday night. Both of them failed. Both of them ended in fumbles. Um, it just makes sense to me that if you need six inches from your running back, you would like your running back to receive the ball while already possessing forward momentum versus coming from an absolute standstill. Um, and then having to basically run six yards from a standstill. Uh, but I digress. It doesn't work. And then Hackett, obviously, we saw the way he really, if you didn't see the game, he botched the time management situation incredibly settling with all his timeouts for a 64-yard field goal at the end, which missed Denver wins 17-16 and Russell Wilson's return to Seattle. So let's go ahead, though, after week one and kind of power rank. Maybe I don't know if like the coaches in general or just what we saw from them week one. Uh, the new head coaches, there are 10 of them, uh, mm-hmm. guys in new situations this year, Kevin O'Connell being one of them. Just quick kind of run through where you've got guys. Or maybe we can each start with our number 10, our number 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Yeah, let's just go back and forth, and then you know we won't dive too much into each yeah, yeah, yeah. each one. But, I mean, we both had Hackett at 10. I can just – I'll speak for you too. Hackett was – he was a drain wreck on one no Monday night yeah. in prime time. Hackett 10 – it got kind of okay. So, and Hackett one, two, was a guy six. who was very much linked to this job too um, in Minnesota. Right. So that was interesting, I think, for Vikings fans to see. But he was situationally some certain play calling only to get 16 points out of that offense. Like it was a lot of bad for Nathaniel Hackett. Not to say it won't get better, but that was terrible. So, of the first year coaches, six of them won on Sunday, right? Uh, seven. So, I, I seven. Wait. Six. Yes, you're right. Six, Six, three, and one. Six, three, and one. Yeah. So I have like seven, eight, and nine are interchangeable as far as I'm concerned. I had Lovey Smith seven. I had Josh McDaniels eight, and I had Doug Peterson nine. Lovey Smith, you could honestly move up and down. They were winning for all game, and they let that thing get away. Um, But to me, frankly, it doesn't matter. All All the coaches that lost after Nathaniel Hackett, are pretty interchangeable to me. I would assume you you feel the same way. You didn't rank anyone who won below any of those three, right? 
No, I did put Lovey Smith who tied at number nine because I, I mean, not only did they blow the lead, but then I hated that punt on fourth and short <laughs> yeah. uh, with like you know ten seconds left in the overtime and just accepting the tie. When frankly, if you convert that convert that first down, you're going to get a field goal opportunity. Um, and you're the coach and the Texans who are not expected to be a playoff team. Like play for the win, play for one and zero. Oh. Like if you're anybody's going to do that, it should be Houston. Um, Levy Smith went super conservative, did that throughout the fourth quarter. I think really kind of booted away a win, um, which is not what you should be doing when you're a, you have a young team, like hoping to rise up the ranks. And I think he did the opposite of it. So I think he did not a good job, um, helping close that game out, especially for a veteran coach, veteran coaches almost tend to be more conservative. And that was the case there on Peterson eight, because his Jags lost to what I think will be a very bad Washington team with a very bad Carson Wentz. And then went Josh McDaniels, um, you know, I didn't love everything the Raiders did, but I'm not going to fault a guy too much for losing in LA to the Chargers. Sure, yeah, that's fine. You've convinced me. I'll, I'll move Lovey to nine. <laughs> that was it. Was a troll. The punt was brutal. The, the, the punt was brutal, and you, you know how I feel about punting. So yeah, never do it. Um, six. I had Dennis Allen. Same with the Saints. I mean, you, you beat you beat my guy Marcus Mariota in the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, it wasn't an impressive win. You, you, you saw the offense kind of start to click in the second half, but overall, I mean, sneaking out a win over Atlanta, who's going to be pretty bad this year. Not that impressive. It's a game that good teams win, uh, find a way to win when you don't have it, but you'd like to, you know, yeah, you're going to get ranked lower because your team just really didn't have it. Sure. Five. And I think here, maybe, maybe we'll start to, this will be interesting. Here. It was all splitting hairs for a lot of these guys. I, I had Matt Eberflus at five. Okay. I put Mike McDaniel, but yeah. Okay. I mean, either way, Eberflus, like, it was an impressive win, but it was rainy. I, I don't know. Like, it, great, great on him for, for getting the Bears to, to, to overcome that adversity and, and beat what I think is going to be a pretty good San Francisco 49ers team. Um, I put him at a four, lot of, so we can discuss okay. him now in general. Yeah. I so would, he was just like, that offense looked terrible. The defense looked fine, I guess, but I think a lot of that is because of just the weather and Trey Lance didn't look that good. And and the biggest play of the game was just Justin Fields running around and making a play. Like that's not coaching. Like I think that's like that's good that you put that guy in a position to succeed, but that that 60-70 yard touchdown that basically turned the game on its head when Justin Fields ran around and found Dante Pettis wide open. Like that's just a coverage bust from from San Francisco. That has nothing to do with Matt Eberflus. Yeah, the, the credit I'll give Matt Eberflus, he's a defensive guy who comes into Chicago. It's generally a defensive tradition franchise, um, and they were good defensively. Like, I would think sloppy conditions is going to benefit San Francisco, who's got a great defense and loves to run the ball. And at Chicago, out well, San Francisco, San Francisco in sloppy conditions. So I'll give him credit for that. Maybe he can kind of reinstill that tradition of like, hey, this is how we win games in Chicago. It's how we've always done it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they won the game against a really good opponent, so it's hard to knock him too much. Uh, but yeah, I agree. You, I wasn't like over the moon compared to some other guys, but you had him four. I had him four right right ahead of McDaniel. Okay, and I had McDaniel four. So I, I think Mike McDaniel. A lot of people gave him credit for the aggression on fourth down. I thought that was great. Um, I think beating Bill Bill Belichick in your coaching debut is is always going to be something you remember. I just think the Patriots are going to be pretty bad this year. So I I, I don't want to I don't want to wait this vid, this win too much. Can we? Like you talked about aggression and I'm all for it too. And we just will be on this podcast. Like Mike McDaniel got like heroes praise for going forward on fourth and seven from the Patriots 42. 
can we just normalize going forward on fourth and seven from the other team's 42? Like that punting is often a negligible advantage there. You're obviously, you know, feel that's not a great field goal to take. Uh, you should go for it on fourth and seven from the 42, like especially early on in the first half of a game or whatever. Like sure. If you've got a team put away and you're up two touchdowns, you know, try to pin them or whatever late in the second half, but be aggressive, put your offense in control, try to score points like that. That should be the go-to play every time. And instead like Tyreek Hill is talking about, he's going to need a wheelbarrow for, you know, you know, for his manhood to end up uh, to carry that around because of, of such a gutsy call. Like that should be the norm. Like, can we just make that the Norman coaching and call out the guys who don't do that versus so going bending over backwards to say, wow, amazing call. Yeah. Right. Wow. He right. didn't want to, he didn't want to settle for a 30 yard punt or a 59 yard field goal. Right. Like, how, how, how innovative, like he no. decided to trust yeah. Jalen Waddle and Tyree kill instead. Yeah. Thank you. But still overall, like pretty impressive performance. Yeah. I had him at four. You had him at five. Um, who'd you have at three? Kevin O'Connell. Uh, I, I, just in the fact that, yeah, they were dominant. Uh, the Vikings did beat Green Bay at home last year, too. Uh, you know, like a lot of good things, but I just, and obviously I had him at three. It's pretty high up on this list. I thought he did a lot of things really well. Uh, but yeah, it's a home win against a division team that, you know, frankly, the Vikings beat at home a lot um, in, in recent years. So yeah, I went with the Vikings there. Nothing not impressive about it, but I, I'll think even more of him when they go on the road and beat a good team. Sure. I had O'Connell at one so, at so like i you can i'll wear the homer card here i had bowls todd bowls at three like i think that's an impressive win 19 to three looking dominant obviously defensive coach just completely taking away you know what i thought was going to be a pretty impressive dallas offense i just thought that the 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 tampa bay bucks were kind of ready set go for him so i i was i was impressed with with the overall performance but like i think at that point the team was pretty set to win yeah i actually put him at one um just because i thought it was like wow you took a team that many team people have in the playoffs in the nfc you went into dallas and did yeah Dak got hurt late so this is going to be a bad dallas team probably because they're going to dig such a hole here but like dominated prescott dallas cowboys like your defense went in and just destroyed dallas in every sense um and it was a non-competitive football game in many ways tom brady was good not great and it didn't matter like tampa looks like an nfc contender if not favorite because you know Todd Bowles clearly like he picked up right where Bruce Arians left off if not better like maybe Todd Bowles does better than Bruce Arians we don't know uh so you obviously had Brian Dable at number two and that's exactly where I had him going into Tennessee and winning with the Giants a a good come from behind win using Saquon Barkley to perfection um really like letting Daniel Jones, like I think kind of setting up to succeed, not putting too much on his shoulders. He made a few good plays, but I think that was like the perfect mix of how much you want to lean on Daniel Jones to try to win a football game. And then going for it for too late to win the game. Like everything was a plus. I thought certainly like Tennessee could make like a 45 yard field goal at the end and win it. But for Brian Dable, it was just impressive. Yeah, I think so. And I think we agree there. Uh, just maximizing Saquon Barkley, I think is, is impressive it's something i don't think should be that hard but i think the fact that he finally has a coach that's going to tailor the offense to him who is very clearly the giants best player whether it's giving him the ball running with him giving him the ball in space i think he had five or six catches Um, i think the utilization of saquon barkley and just kind of what could come from that 
uh, is reason that he he was number two for me. And then you had Bowles one. I had O'Connell one. Again, it's splitting hairs at this point. I think one A, B, C could have all been honestly for for O'Connell, Bowles, and and Dable. Uh. I just want to like quick touch on this and then we'll get into like where the Vikings fit in the NFC quick to wrap this up. But when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You touch like six, two and one or whatever, six, three and one. You see the early impact that new coaches can have in the NFL. And I do think like we've seen the whole fresh air thing from Minnesota throughout training camp in the preseason. All the guys have talked about it. We saw it in week one. To me, this is such evidence that NFL teams, if your head coach isn't working, I think it's a kind of, it's a fallacy that you need like a coach to have three years in the NFL to come in and set their culture and, and get things going on the path you want. Like, I feel like in year one in the early stages, still like training camp and whatnot is long enough, you know, and then the first few weeks of the season where you can kind of see what's taking hold and what's not. I, I mean, like, and if something's not working, don't be afraid to make a change because that can sometimes be what sparks the fire to get your team back on the right path. Like it's very rare that a coach is awful for two years and then comes in season three. And it's like, well, now I've got my culture set and they take off. Like if you don't see certain things, if you don't see like possibilities, like it's different in Detroit where they had a terrible roster last year, but by the end of the year, you could see they were playing pretty hard for Dan Campbell and you saw something might be there. And now we'll see how that goes from here, but don't be afraid to make change because change really can be what sparks a difference for your team. So that's what kind of my main takeaway from week one. We saw it in Minnesota and we saw it in a lot of other places too. Like the giants don't win that game with Joe judge as their head coach. Like there's just no way. Um, I, I just like, don't shy away from making change. I don't think like giving people time is as necessary in the NFL as it may be like in other sports. You're right. And it's like the NFL compared to college. I think college football yeah, there's it, talent it gaps, sense, right? You, 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 know, you like want you to recruit your class, gaps. right? But like the NFL, it's it's generally a, like a ready, set, go situation for a lot of these players or these coaches coming in. Yeah, some some rosters are better than others, um, but you're right. Like it's not like a year zero to take a word out of a PJ Flex playbook, but a Gophers coach. Like there's no year zero in the NFL. Like if you're bad in year one, two, you, you're probably going to be pretty bad in year three. I think we all knew Joe Judge sucked. Like right, right away in year right. one, we didn't need three years of Joe judge to realize, Oh, he's still bad. So you're right. If it's, if it's not working, move on. It, it's okay to admit, admit you were wrong and, and move on to the next guy. Cause like you said, six, three and one, uh, it, I think that's, that's, that's proof enough. We'll see how these guys shake out over the rest of the season. But I, I think overall um, first year coaches are going to do pretty good this year. All right, let's run through the NFC real quick. Let's just go rapid fire. I will list out the teams and, some kind of order and you say whether the Vikings right now um, looking forward based off week one results. If you'll take the Vikings or the other team. Perfect. Let's go. Arizona Cardinals. I'll take the Vikings. Vikings. They're a disaster. Atlanta Falcons. Vikings. Love my guy, Marcus, but it's gotta be Vikings. Carolina Panthers. Vikings. (laughs) Vikings. The one and all Chicago Bears. Vikings. 
Vikings. <laughs> How about them Cowboys? Well, well it's got to be Vikings now because the Cowboys are going to dig themselves quite the hole with, with Cooper Rush as their quarterback. Sorry, unless they for trade for the next month. Unless they trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, it's got to be Vikings. But yeah, it doesn't seem likely. I'll go with the Vikings as well. Uh, the Detroit Lions put up a fight against Philly. They're going to be a team that can and will be worse than the Vikings. Agreed. The Green Bay Packers. Vikings until further notice? I couldn't do it. I put the Packers still. And like, <laughs> if you're listening, if you're a Vikings fan, you're like, what? I totally get it. I just couldn't do it. Uh, <laughs> I could be wrong. Maybe maybe the Vikings are better. I took Green Bay. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams, the defending Super Bowl champs, fresh off their week one blowout loss. Um, take the Rams. It, I, I don't think we need to get too bogged down in, in, in what we saw Thursday night. Buffalo is really, really freaking good. Um, the Rams are better than the Vikings. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think the Rams will bounce back and will look great for a while here. Uh, the New Orleans Saints, interesting one. Teams like them coming in. They have a lot of talent. They did end up winning week one. I think the Vikings, but I don't think it's as big of a gap as, as some people think. Just because New Orleans struggled with, with Atlanta, like there, there's a lot of talent on that team. Michael Thomas started to look like himself in the second half. Um, if that guy comes back to, to, to true form, um, and I know you, you think he will this year, um, I think the Saints are right there with the Vikings. Uh, I, I take the Vikings by a hair. It's pretty negligible, but I also would take the Vikings. Um, and I would do it, frankly, because I just think Kirk Cousins is better than Jameis Winston. I think Jameis Winston's a decent quarterback, but I'll take Kirk there, and that's kind of a tiebreaker. All right, the Giants, fresh off that upset over Tennessee. Vikings. Vikings. Uh, the Eagles, this is an interesting one. They won week one. This is a playoff team from a year ago. A.J. Brown looked like a great addition to that offense. I think I would take Philly, honestly. Like, I think I don't love Jalen Hurts as like an actual NFL quarterback, but I think like there's enough there. There's enough weapons there. Uh, I think he creates, he's, he's dynamic enough from that quarterback position. I don't know if he's the long-term answer, but right now I think it works. I think watching him with AJ Brown the other day, like, I think that works. I think the defense is good enough. I'll, I'll take Philly by a hair. Okay, I'll take the Vikings because of Jalen Hurts. I just over the course of a season, I think you're going to lose some games because of Jalen Hurts that you shouldn't lose. Um, so I'll go with the Vikings. This, the 49ers, they played in the Mud Bowl. I don't know how much we can take away from that Chicago game, as you mentioned, uh, but not an impressive debut for Trey Lance. Who do you got, 49ers or Minnesota? I, I still think I take San Francisco. I just think that roster is better. Like, I, I will be interested to see how Trey Lance looks over the next month because it was not impressive. And I'm the, I'm as big of a Trey Lance guy as there is out there. And, and that was not a very impressive week one performance. It was rainy, but I mean, Justin Fields played in the rain too. And, and he didn't look nearly as uncomfortable. Well, there were some throws. Justin Fields didn't look great, but yeah, I mean, you're right. But there were, there were some throws that Trey Lance made that, that you could see like, okay, he's, he's got some stuff here, but just overall, like he's missing the easy throws. And I think that's always going to be his issue. Like, you don't need to gun a, a ball in there at all times. Um, it's okay to just make the easy throw and complete the easy throw. We'll see. I, I'll still take San Francisco here just because I think that roster is better. Um, but maybe it's a bit closer than I thought uh, a week ago. Probably should give some attention to the fact that George Kittle also did not play in that game. Uh, but I'm taking the Vikings because I don't want on the Trey Lance train. It pains me to say that. You know, Trey Lance is the local kid here. Um, I don't know if I've seen enough. There his three starts now in the NFL to have much confidence there. Uh, Seattle, fresh up there, big win over Denver. The Vikings. Yeah, Vikings. Seattle might win like two or three more games. Uh, Tampa, 
Tampa. Tampa. And then the Commanders. Are you a Carson Wentz believer after their big win over Jacksonville? Absolutely not. It's the Vikings there. So I'm with you. I will take the Vikings. So I think I have Minnesota fourth, just behind Green Bay, the Rams, and the Bucks. And I think you have them fifth behind. Uh, I think I have them fourth as well because I no, picked Green Bay. You also took the 49ers. You took the Eagles. Yep. Um, yep. You took the Rams, and you took the Bucks. That would put them. Fifth. You're right. You're right. You're right. Fifth. Uh, so, I mean, I think our opinions have shifted upwards a little bit. Uh, maybe not so much. I probably put them like seventh to fourth. Uh, they maybe went up like a spot. Um, and it was a win that I, we're not stunned by. So that makes sense. But there's so much more football to come. We'll see how that Eagles matchup lines up, frankly, this week. And we'll get a good idea which team might be superior as far as the NFC race goes. Um, a lot more to get to. Thursday coming up. I think we might try to get to a mailbag, put out some questions on Twitter. Uh, and we'll try to get to those. Uh, so, a lot more to come here this week as we preview Vikings, Eagles, and the Monday Night Football Showdown to come. For Dane Mizutani, I'm Jace Frederick. This has been Inside Purple and Gold. Thanks so much for listening. Goodbye.